Hey, whoa, this is Apples and Oranges. It's a show. It's a podcast. It's great. I'm Matthew. And I'm Jack. And here with us, we have writer, comedian, and friend of the show, Allie Mason. Hey, what's up? Uh, thanks for having me on. Of course. Yeah. Allie, I've got to ask you. So this is, a, this is a debate show. We didn't say that at the beginning, but we meant to. This is a debate show. And Allie, I've got to ask you. What's your debate experience? Um, so I would say I, I'm, a, I'm a pretty, uh, I, I do debate from time to time. You know, uh, I like when things go my way, uh, as I'm sure anyone else can maybe relate to that. Uh, I also did speech and debate uh, in high school and never Ooh. won anything, wasn't very good at it, but uh, I had fun. So hopefully uh, that'll, that's not exactly the goal today though. The goal today is to win. Absolutely. Yeah. Are there any, uh, do you have any like notable, you know, debate stories or memories of just, you know, on the field sparring words? I just, I don't really remember too much of it. I just remember that I almost missed homecoming because I was doing a speech and debate tournament and uh, my date was, it was not happy. Oh, that sounds like the, like, like the climax of a teen movie. <laughs> Got it. If, if you make it to the finals of the thematic interpretation, we are through. And I was like, oh, no, I gotta, gotta, gotta follow my, my debating tendencies. But yeah, uh, that's my experience. Nice. So we have an experienced debater here. Um, neither of us before this podcast had debate experience. So we, we felt it only appropriate to have the best debaters around town on yeah. to challenge us. <laughs> it's, it's, you guys never did speech and debate. Um, I didn't. Jack, you did. A, a, I did a MUN. Bitty? Yeah, I yeah. did MUN. So like, not really. It was M-U-N. just like. What's that? It like model United Nations. Like. Oh, wow. Uh, dumb. That's somehow nerdier. <laughs> yeah. It honestly is. It's it's the kids who are too nerdy for speech and debate go to MUN. The rejects. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> and, you know, we didn't even have homecoming dates in MUN, so there was no one to go uh, and, you know, do an MUN and fa- like over going to homecoming for. So, yeah. Sad well, time. you know what they say, less homecoming, more debating. So uh, I'm sure it'll be a great match out here today. Yeah, yeah, and I, I don't is... think anyone should be coming home ever. I think just strictly debating, you know? <laughs> yeah, away, awaying, yeah. I think that's what soldiers should do instead of coming home after war. They should just <laughs> be sent right to debate. They should go to like a debate training camp, like Ben Shapiro could lead it. Speaking of, important thing, um, if you're listening, Ben Shapiro, please come on our show. Yes. Siri, please come on our show. Would love to have you. Yeah. Absolutely. It would be we... a delight. We'd love to debate you. And also, Ben, just while you're out there listening, like, like this isn't like on good terms. Like, we will whoop your fucking ass. I'm gonna be honest. Like, by the We've time you really get good on, at debate, this is our eighth episode, and at this rate, by the time you would come on the show, Ben, oh my god, the likes of debate will have never been seen. It'll be like the the you know Logan Paul Floyd Mayweather matchup, and by the time this episode comes out, many months from now that fight will have happened. So this is semi-topical. <laughs> Can't wait to witness the bloodbath of Jack yeah. taking on Ben Shapiro. Oh, absolutely. He's going to destroy him. Um, but in the meantime, I have y'all's first two topics uh, from the hey. generator. Let's, let's see them. So, uh, Matthew, 
you are going to be debating in favor of an alcoholic beverage, whichever you may choose. And Ali, uh, you're going to be debating in favor of a video game franchise. Okay. Got it. So, Matthew, if you want to start us off with a little opening statement or something, get the juices flowing. Yeah, I think... You know, um, I'm going to start this debate, uh, unlike uh, many of our other debates, with, um, with a, a bit of flattery, if it's permitted. Um, mm -hmm. Jack, you, that's a great name you have there. Um, oh, and I, I can't help but wonder, um, you know, if it were combined with maybe another word or another word were put after it, like, like, a, like if your last name were Diet or Anne's Diet, I think um, your already great name could be made even better. Um, the Jack and Diet, a classic, a staple, easy drinking for, uh, you know, those who don't particularly care for the taste of alcohol, um, but a good drink regardless. It's uh, sugary. It has the carbonation. It's delicious. goes down smooth. It takes the harshness out of brown beverages. What's not to love? A Jack and Diet. I yield my time. All right. Uh, fair enough. But just even before we go into Ali's opening statement, why not just Jack and normal Coke? Why diet? Why the extra specificity? Um, I, I, if we, so this is before her opening statement. I'll just quickly shove this in and say um, a Jack and Coke would be equal, but a Jack and diet rolls off the tongue real nice and you should change your name to Anne's diet. Mm, fair enough. All right, Allie. All right. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, my video game that I've chosen today appeals to the human condition, you know, mm. hunger, a chase, ghosts. These are all things that we, we know, we relate to. Um, so what better video game to represent the human condition than that of Pac-Man? Pac-Man, or for our, for our lady listeners out there, Mrs. Pac-Man, you know, it's versatile. It's it's exciting, it's sexy. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's people running around, there's bodies consuming each other. There's small orbs or coins or whatever uh, that, that is being eaten. Um, and this is why I think uh, in order to grow, you must eat. So the potential is just exponential for, uh, this beautiful game of Pac-Man. Mm, that's excellent. I think we're ready to open the floor. Uh, I actually have one more question for Matthew, not to be so harsh, but rum and Coke, or sorry, Jack and Diet, like if I drink enough of those, I could die. Uh, could I, like, what are the, why would you rather, you know, drink more Jack and Diets than just play Pac-Man for many hours, which would probably not cause, you know, fatality. Well, first of all, I'll mention that, uh, you know, drinking enough Jack and Diets could get you drunker better more so than, uh, than a bit of Pac-Man. Bit of Pac-Man, Lady Pac-Man, uh, Pac-Them, I think is the third one. Um, you know, and uh, Pac-Man is a cute game, but it lacks the complexity of a uh, carbonated alcohol like a Jack and Diet. Jack and Diet sort of, I think, speaks to the, uh, the condition of, you know, Truthfully, no one really uh, uh, wants to drink alcoholic beverages. Most of them uh, taste like dirt water. Um, 
but a Jack and Diet can remind us that like there can be you know brightness in the dark. Um, Pac-Man uh, likewise is all about uh, murder. It's it's like you know it's like Ghostbusters but worse plot wise. Um, and I just I don't support any any story that you know endorses the um, the the killing of of ghosts and you know sending them back to where they came it's the whole thing has a very xenophobic feel i don't care for it <laughs> all right fair ali do you have any any sort of response to that take any I rebuttal mean... yeah i would say i would say to you you speak of murder you speak of of debauchery of evil in pac-man yet what do you think happens when people drink diet soda it changes them. It, it causes, it causes violence. It causes, you know, people turn into a different kind of person. Maybe if you had said Jack and regular, you know, that brings you up, that, that makes you, you know, more of who you are versus a Jack and diet. I just, I just don't see how someone could not be murderous themselves in that case you know we 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 have drunk driving we have uh drunk texting we have drunk uh all of these all of these horrible behaviors that uh, just really seems to stem from uh the thing that you're arguing is good for humanity and i frankly am disgusted by it so i actually have a question for both of you uh and it's the same question now Think about this for a moment. As we know, throughout the Pac-Man canon, uh, there are various items in which Pac-Man eats and, you know, give him bonus points and perhaps even abilities, you know. What do you think would happen if one of the members of the Pac family were to eat or rather drink or consume a uh, Jack and Diet while out there eating those delicious pellets? Well, I think... Um... Pac-Man would be much hungrier. I think we're all familiar with drunchies that uh, can come about. Um, and I'm sure those, you know, those sweet, sweet pellets would just just taste divine after a couple Jack and Diets. Um, but also, you know, uh, perhaps it could impede his mobility, which is why I think that Pac-Man should abstain from alcohol. I think Pac-Man's better when he's drunk. I think he's a more fun time. I, I think he's better at partying when he's drunk. Um, I'll say this. If Pac-Man um, were, were drinking on Jack and Diets instead of eating up, um, you know, eating up pellets, first of all, maybe he wouldn't be so round, you know, and that's not a bad thing. Um, and uh, second thing, he'd probably go off map and be able to actually successfully escape the ghosts. They wouldn't get him. He wouldn't have to resort to killing them. He could just escape and live his own life. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, munch on pellets or just generally move around as he pleased. Maybe settle down with Mrs. Pac-Man, have some little Pac-Babies. I, I, I can't imagine his life being, you know, better uh, as it currently is without an all-alcohol diet. I mean, it does seem that Pac-Man is sort of living this rat-racing lifestyle in which he's just constantly he on hard. the chase. Oh, absolutely. pretty hard. Um, but that's what it is, you know, to be, to be young and hungry like that. 
you won't be able to achieve what you set out to achieve if you're constantly giving into temptations, you know, and perhaps the ghosts are better off with a little bit of drinking, you know, but you know, they're not the ones that are eating the delicious pellets. I think not only does uh, Pac-Man benefit from uh, them, but you just said it yourself. The ghosts would love a drink. I think they'd calm down. I think they wouldn't bother, you know, attacking Pac-Man. I think they'd kind of stay in their lane. And then you'd get this nice dynamic where they could coexist, maybe go out, drink together, be friends, be married. They wouldn't have to fight because they'd have common grounds. They'd have something they could agree upon. Right now, I think the conflict of Pac-Man stems from them not having any common grounds and drinking is the, you know, the great unifier, except for, I, I've heard Blinky is uh, uh, sober, but you know, he can just have the diet. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just don't find it healthy to have a relationship predicated on some of the members continuously being drunk for the entire relationship. I just, you know, I just, I don't think that'll be good for them. Who says continuously? They just have to get to know each other. Okay, so just go out for happy hour or something? Yeah, happy hour. They get to know each other. You know, the, the, the Jack and Diets are flowing like wine. And, you know, by the end of it, they, they like each other a lot more. Maybe it's like, hey, do you want to, you know, they're, they're chatting. And the, one of them was like, oh, I need to build this shelf. And it's like, oh, I, I can help out with that. It's like, hey, do you want to, you want some help building that shelf? And it's like, yeah. So now they're making further arrangements. Maybe they get brunch. A rapport is established through drinking, but it doesn't have to be maintained through drinking. Friendship everlasting through just just common grounds, like you know, drinking yourself to uh, uh, and be uh, you know near uh, near unconsciousness. <laughs> I just, how are they going to drink Jack and Diets at brunch? You know, that's that's mimosa territory. That's just disrespectful at that point. Well, it's, it's an open bar and, you know, it's, it's a chill place. It's like a, um, it's like a bar and grill. It's like, it's like a dude's hangout, you know, they just hang out, they get their burgers, their fries, a Jack and diet, pour one back and just kind of let loose. And, you know, Mrs. Pac-Man is there, but like, she's just one of the guys, you know, she's into it. It's fun. They're all, and they all become very close friends. All right. So. I got one final question for both of y'all. Now, clearly, Pac-Man has brought countless amounts of joy to humanity. But I would even argue that Jack and Diet has as well. Who do you think is going to stand the test of time? Like, in 150 years from now, what will be more iconic? The Jack and Diet or Pac-Man? And, uh... Ali, I'll let you take this one first. Sure. Well, I would say that the basis of my argument is not that Jack and Die is all bad. It's just that it's good for a while until it lets you down. Um, Pac-Man just never really lets you down. It's always there in your favorite barcade, ready and willing to accept your quarters and give you a few moments of joy. Whereas Jack and Die, you know, it will fade because anyone who loves a Jack and Diet isn't going to make their mark on history because they're too busy drinking Jack and Diets. I yield mm. my time. A Jack and Diet is a drink that can be had by anyone. It can be had in total moderation. 
a, you know, so it's a drink and I don't see drinks going anywhere anytime soon. Um, on the other hand, Pac-Man is already an incredibly dated game. People are always going to be on the next game. We have already, you know, games over the last few years, you know, over the last few decades that have really left their mark that people consistently play, right? Like Minecraft is over a decade old. People still love that. Fortnite really left an impact. That one's not going away anytime soon. And over the years, we're going to have all these other, you know, major games and they're going to take the place. Who in 150 years is going to want to be still be playing Pac-Man, this very simple, repetitive game? Mm. I think I've reached my decision. Uh, and decision goes to Pac-Man, I'm afraid, Matthew. you. This is honestly probably the most serious, mm. like, highest quality debate we've had in the history of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> full disclosure. The debate club experience. Yeah, this is like the pros fucking going at it. This is like the closest we've had to like a championship type situation. Oh, Not yeah. to raise the pressure. Yeah, there are um, a few few low blows in there, but you know. <laughs> I know. I think we're about to like sling some mud in this next one. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Let's get slinging because the to- topics are ready. Ooh. All right. All right. Jack. Jack, you've got to argue in favor of the best decade. Okay. And Allie, you've got to argue in favor of the best sci-fi movie. We're giving you all the nerd categories this time. (laughs) All right. All right, Jack, if you're ready. Yeah. So I think that the best decade was probably roughly... 8,000 years before Common Era, the decade when humans discovered farming. Because I think that's just when we really got on some, like, king shit, if I'm being honest with you guys. Like, irrigation and being able to just, like, harness the land and change the world around us. We didn't have to gather. Like, we were able to just have civilization, everything we know around us. You know, you didn't have to just go out and hunt, like, and waste all your time doing that. You People actually had free time. Um... And those 10 years, they were some of the best fucking times in human history, believe me. Um, And sci-fi, what is that bullshit? We don't even know if that's going to happen. Or is that even the point of sci-fi? Space aliens, monsters, googly goblies? I don't know. Come on, that's all make-believe. We're talking the history of humanity here. 8,010 BCE baby you have my time that was a layup by the way (laughs) (laughs) all right well um all i'll say is you know what good is a couple ears of corn what good is a couple types of beans uh when you could have dinosaurs in a park all at once that's right i'm talking about jurassic park jurassic park uh best science fiction movie of all time um because there are dinosaurs and you know like jack said you know a long time ago was a good time and you know i i think that that brings a long time ago into now and you know you get to see things that you might never have seen uh farming you know it's just been steady trekking along you know we had the industrial revolution and shit and sure it got better but you know 
I don't know. It's just not exciting to me. You know, what are you going to irrigate some ducks or like, I don't know, plant some, some seeds. No, no. You want to see some, you want to see some T-Rexes jumping up after you. Uh, you want to be entertained. You don't want to be sustained. Uh, and that's uh, how I feel. All right. The floor is open. Look, I mean, could you just imagine how lit it would be living your whole life in just like abject uh like desolation like just being a hunter gatherer and then not having to do that that would be so lit it's like honestly the biggest you know increase in quality of life until like the singularity is going to happen in the next 50 60 years that's my take dinosaurs and jurassic world we all know who, how that movie ended we saw what happened to like half the characters in that movie got eaten by dinos that's why dinos belong in the past not the past is bad. That's just too far back. That's like a gazillion years ago. These dinos are walking around. We don't need to bring those bad boys back. We've got to like just just think about those glorious ten years when people were really figuring shit out with farms and stone tools. Like I, Matthew and I, Matt, we just we just had Chipotle. You know, I can still kind of taste it on my breath. You know, imagine if you couldn't I have can, that. I can smell it on your breath. Oh yeah, is is yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, just and you know how great that is. That could no, not... it's great. I could, I could stick my nose in your mouth all day. I mean, let's let's be real. It, yeah. Without farming in those amazing ten years, and we figured all that shit out, presumably, uh, we wouldn't get that sensation. Jurassic Park, where does it end? Uh, Jurassic World, Planet of Jurassic Apes. I mean, uh, science fiction, Fishikaka. You bring up the idea of convenience uh, in regards to farming. Uh, however, I would say a return to hunter gathering lifestyle would be good for us because, you know, I, I think that convenience breeds uh, laziness. It breeds complacency. And, you know, what are, you know, when are we ever gonna discover new things by going out in nature instead of just growing the old things that we have? Whereas, you know, Jurassic Park, it gave us hot Chris Pratt. Uh, he, you know, not directly in that movie, but uh, as you mentioned, in Jurassic <laughs> World, uh, down the lineage of the Jurassic Park franchise. Um, it also, you know, it, it heeds a warning to humanity that uh, we can sometimes, you know, aim too high. And that I think is, is what, farming has done to us as well you know we've we've aimed too high we, we've attempted to play god uh which i mean i guess the same could be said in in the movie jurassic park however i think it it, it shows us that uh we ultimately were meant to be at the bottom of the food chain well just just take a second and think about what life was like in the greatest decade in human history approximately you know ten thousand years ago you're chilling in like maybe babylon just ancient ancient sumer you're you're booling out you worship like marduk like the chief god with all the the heads and the eyes and shit and you know for once in wow, humanity i i've been reading sapiens y'all i i i'm on it um but yeah you would just be it, it, it was like the pinnacle of bull 
is all I'm saying. Jurassic Park, like, God, I just, I get so anxious thinking about it. Like, dinosaurs chasing me? Come on, y'all. Just pure stress, like, the threat of getting eaten. Sure, dinosaurs are cool, but I don't know. Kind of passe. They had their time, you know? Like, dinosaurs. Why, why we gotta live, like, I don't know. They, they were long gone 10,000 years ago. And we're, we're still dwelling on that shit. All I'm saying is, like, it would have just been really lit to, like, chill with your boys in the desert. You, like, buy your crops. Uh, likely, you know, writing on stone tablets and abiding by Hammurabi's law. Like, times were simpler then. And maybe, maybe Ali's right that, like, things... I actually agree with Ali in that things ha people have gotten too lazy. But I think Jurassic Park is a perfect example of that. Instead of inventing a time machine like the real hard workers, oh, you just go to some, like, amusement park to see the dinosaurs. Whatever. Let me ask you this, though. Jack, my, my dear Jack. Yes. Do you think life is worth living without a little danger? Because you mentioned the, the, the pinnacle of bull, which, you know, how would we have... How will we have chill without anxiety? It wouldn't exist. It wouldn't exist. You need danger to provide that foil to allow us to even experience that in the first place. But you're pitching danger by itself. Yes. And I'm pitching bull in, by the Euphrates River. Like, you know, and maybe there is some danger there. You know, the risk of like, drought and famine that's still that's still possible you know you got to pray to you got to make sacrifices to the to these gods and stuff and give them a nice goat or uh you know sheep maybe like that's fun i don't know when was it i mean like i remember pre-covid me and the boys going to just do like a nice lamb sacrifice like just how else how else do you get close to people you know i think i would just one up you and say human sacrifice would probably yield more crops uh, which is why we have the dinosaurs, our overlords in Jurassic Park. Wow. Well, if I, if I saw a bunch of dinosaurs, I'd be Freddy's too. Um, I think that was, that was quite, a, quite a close debate. But um, I think I've come to a conclusion. Oh, oh shit. He's shadow I'm boxing. boxing. I'm shadow boxing. To such a degree that the wind is striking against your mic. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully the listeners could hear what I saw. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, the winner of this debate was none other than Jack. Oh. Let's go! <laughs> Damn, right. that took a lot out right. of me. Like, that was I a, used, I used probably one. like, I probably used like maybe thirty percent of my power. So that was like a very worthy. <laughs> you uh, used like twenty percent of your brain, right? That's like more than yeah, usual. Yeah, it's true. And I took the limitless pill right before, yeah. like clearly not working. It just hasn't <laughs> hit yet. I'm going to be so pissed after the podcast when the limitless pill hits and I'm just going to be doing like times tables and shit. And I'm like, fuck, I could have been <laughs> debating way better. Uh, so that sucks. Um, but, you know. Seems right now you are limited. It's which was true. the prequel to Limitless, by the way. Bradley Cooper, terrible in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have these new topics and uh, I think y'all are ready for them. Matt? I, I think I am. All right, I'm ready. 
you're going to be arguing in favor of an article of clothing of your choice. All right. And Allie, you'll be arguing in favor of a music genre. Okay. And um, whoever wants to just go first, just jump right in if you think you've got it. Yeah, I think, you know, it doesn't, not, things don't get better than the jacket. It is the most versatile clothing item. It can be, it can exist for fashion, function, both, neither, it has it all. A jacket can be, you know, fancy, structured thing. It could just be a way to keep warm. You can really go anywhere fashion-wise with a jacket. A jacket appeals to anyone. Everyone can wear a jacket and still fit into their unique style. But when push comes to shove and you need something warm to uh, face off against the harsh weather, the elements, let's say you're climbing a mountain, which, you know, you're apt to do. Yeah, you're going to wear a jacket. You're going to need one. You're going to be a little chilly. So, yeah, I yield that time. All right. And uh, I will be arguing for pop music, which uh, I would say would be the jacket of music you know it's uh you know uh, everyone everyone needs it at some point it's easily understood uh appeals to you know anyone who has ever lived life um it's fun it's flirty um if uh you know you have a bad memory that's great because you'll hear the same lyric 50 times uh and you'll never be able to forget it uh it's catchy uh and you know, it'll just, uh, it'll, you'll probably hear it. Uh, there's no escaping it. So you might as well learn to love it. So Allie, why do you think I should never wear a jacket again? Because it builds character to be exposed to the elements. So if, you know, you were to wear a jacket, you know, maybe it's, it's, you know, like today it dipped a little low. It was 48 degrees, a little, little wind chill factor. Um, when I went outside to go get some orange juice at the bodega, I could have worn a jacket. I could have, but, you know, I said, do I want to live my life in fear? No. So I went in my t-shirt. So you sort of suggest that through the elements, I will develop like calluses on my skin which will just defend me than better than any jacket could yeah physical and emotional mm, okay um matthew why should i never listen to any more pop music ever again because it's not necessary you no one needs any genre of music and i'll mention pop music yeah it's you know it's widely appealing because it's you know it's manufactured to be easy on the ears so you don't have to pay attention, but that doesn't make it good. There's, you know, there's no complexity to it. Pop is just meant to appeal. It's, it's you know, it's, it's music designed for it to be inoffensive to children. I don't think a, something as necessary and as, you know, important to personal comfort as well as personal expression as a jacket can be compared to something so cookie cutter and so, you know, so uh, lacking in individual identity as pop music. You could have picked any genre, but you picked the one that lacks any true defining identity or really anything that matters. It's, you know, it's just, uh, it's just background noise. 
I'd actually disagree with that. I don't think that, uh, I think that's a common misconception about pop music because I think pe- when people think about pop music, they think, you know, oh, like it's just like, you know, basic, it's not, you know, appealing to any deeper emotional ground. But, you know, I would argue that pop music is about connection. It's about, you know, everyone being able to relate to it. So, you know, it's about feeling alive and, you know, there's all different types of pop music, you know, would you, would you, would you think that the music of the Beach Boys is, is useless is, you know, just because, just because they're talking about summer, they're talking about fun, they're talking about, you know, I hate that shit. You hate that shit. Okay. I I hate summer. (laughs) I hate fun. Fuck that. Jackets all the way, baby. Autumn, (laughs) fall, that's it. Well, you know, I think uh, winter too. I meant to say two different seasons. Sorry, continue. See, you don't even know the season. So how can you argue for that? But, you know, I just, I just think that at the, at the core of our arguments where we're arguing about survival versus art and, you know, what is life uh, without art? You know, they say the earth, earth without art is just eh. So, you know. Wow. Yeah, but there, there can be art found in fashion too. The construction of a coat, the, the style, the choice of color and material, the, all, the, all the subtleties that make a good jacket, that's art. And it has far more functionality than any type of music, let alone one that's so churns out. We, you know, we get Swedes to make our pop music. Swedes, they write that shit. And look, I don't trust Swedes with anything. I like, fuck Sweden, you know? Why, why do we need them? I, a jacket can come from anywhere. Fashion is universal. It's the universal language. Uh, pop music, you know, American pop music sounds so different from, you know, the pop music you'll get anywhere else. Um, it, you know, it's different everywhere because there's no, there's no unifying idea to it. Everyone just, you know, uh, postures their own nationalistic ideas of what is popular. And I think that's kind of uh, messed up. But does the same not go for, you know, mass mass-produced jackets well not all jackets are mass-produced but it, but pop music is you know is inherently for you know the you know the just the the widest possible market uh, a jacket you know when you're shopping for one it calls out to you you say that jacket's for me there's a you know there's a sense of uh, individual relationship with the jacket i'd say but i would argue that you could also have you know that sort of like homegrown ethical DIY uh, ethic and apply it to pop music. You know, not every every pop musician is on a major label. Uh, they're not always, you know, played on the radio. Um, it's just more of like a set of characteristics, just about general human experiences. Uh, and then generally with like, you know, sort of simpler song structures that are, you know, easier to comprehend. Yeah, easy. I, I prefer my I prefer my comprehension difficult. Yeah, reading level grade twelve. How about that? Um, I'd also like to say that um, if I could, I could take a uh, pop like a, I could take pop the idea and pop it like a balloon. I would like to do that because I do not like it. So you know. Well, that's that's very mean, and I think that you should listen to some pop music in order to open your heart so my heart's already open to all the jackets in the land um 
so I have a clear bias in this argument because, you know, Jack, Jack gets, like, clearly there's just some, some Let me just say, Jack, you have a great name, there. by the way. Yeah, we Really great. Just like, New mm, Judge, you know? please. I know. <laughs> um, so, Ali, what, like, pop song would you play for Matthew to change his mind or, like, implore him to listen to? I would, I would play the song butterflies by Casey Musgraves because I think it is the perfect pop song because it you know it has elements of other genres which you know kind of speaks to the idea of pop in itself because pop you know obviously popular trying to appeal to you know everyone like the most people possible um but that doesn't mean that it's uh devoid of of meaning or emotion um and you can actually actually like excellently construct a, a pop song um, with uh, those parameters. And so I think that in that song, you know, it's like, there's so many clever, like musical tricks that she uses, you know, when, when she, when she, she sings harmonies, whenever she says the word like up, the vocal melody will go up in pitch. When she sings down, it will go down in pitch. And I just think that there's so many like interesting ways to to portray emotion and to to underscore the meaning of the song even though it's just such a simple concept of you know just a new lover giving you butterflies and everyone can relate to that everyone has you know felt that feeling before uh but then you can add that depth to it um by exploring um such a simple concept it's like you know how when you start art people will recommend that you only paint in black for a year because then you'll truly, truly learn how to delve into, you know, the emotion of, of just having that limited toolbox. So um, that's the song that I would play. And I guess my final question for Matthew is, what's the best experience you've had ever wearing a jacket? Like, we're clearly tugging in the heartstrings here. This shit's getting close. Like, I think, you know, I want to hear some of the emotions that, uh, uh, this article of clothing could bring you yeah uh but if i may i'd just like to uh, uh respond uh and rebuke some of these oh know, of, uh, course, of course yeah so um butterflies suck i don't like them they're itty bitty weird things their wings are like tissue paper i don't like them they're gross uh <laughs> I had a second thing, but I lost it, so I'm going to move on. I think it was a play on words. It doesn't matter. Anyway, the, the important thing, what's the best memory I have with the jacket? Uh, how about any memory that is set outside? Because you need a jacket if you're going to be outside or your arms are going to be so cold, you'll be miserable. All the best memories have jackets. Um, yeah, it's, it's fairly simple. Good, a, a jacket makes a memory, I always say. I've always said this. I Seriously, I've always said the jacket makes the... You can quote... Seriously. I, hey, listen. I've always said it. So, yeah. I mean, it's jackets all the way, man. Don't even... Don't think twice about it. It's, it's jackets. Um, I'm going to have to think twice because Allie kind of moved me, and I think I'm going to give her the dub. What? Oh, but thank butterflies you. are gross. <laughs> butterflies are nice and romantic. I actually did just get a butterfly. I don't know if you guys can see it, but I just oh, wow. got a butterfly. 
for those yeah. of us listening uh, at home, there's a butterfly in a case. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, is it okay? Yeah, it's, it's already dead, so. Oh, no, okay. <laughs> oh, I thought he was asleep. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. What? He's it's, dead? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really dead. I just met him. <laughs> I thought you hated them. Yeah, but I was like, once you once you like introduced me to one, I couldn't help but it, the debate's over. You bonded. <laughs> <laughs> I bonded with it. There was a, I, I saw it face to face, and I couldn't feel any, uh, you know, a- a- animus or anything like that, animosity to uh, towards mm-hmm. it. All right, I've got some uh, steaming hot debate topics right here. They're they're hot to the touch. I love them so much. Let's jump right in, Jack. Your topic will be uh you, you will be arguing in favor of the best uh, summer olympics event oh okay and ali um uh we're gonna keep going with the theme of uh, uh of giving you nerdy stuff to argue about and you're gonna be arguing in favor of the best supervillain. okay all right uh whichever, whichever one of you is ready first um i am going to argue sorry i'm cranking jack very slowly <laughs> right now <laughs> the debate let me, bot let's yeah. think of a summer olympic event that i feel really strongly about and you do feel really strongly about them yeah high jump high jump is the best summer olympic event <laughs> uh right like you see how high those guys get it's pretty crazy they put the bars like like you know that they shit set the is bar like, high. They set the bar high, and then they exceed it. Like, I think that is just so amazing. Uh, and I would challenge any supervillain to try to like beat the the top Olympic high jumper at their craft. That's all I'll say. That's the human spirit. That's the human condition. Superheroes and supervillains, they're gifted with these like natural abilities. These Olympians. They have to work so hard. They got to push themselves and stretch themselves to the limit. Like, I don't think any supervillain is capable of the sheer grit and resilience. Supervillains are, they got all that shit handed to them. And sure, they probably have trauma and shit that's fucked them up. But like, look, if you had a real outlet for your emotions, you'd be doing something productive, like jumping over a bar at exceedingly higher heights. And come on. If that's not a three-point right there, I don't know what it is. I'm going to yield the time. All right. So I am going to argue uh, that a supervillain who is uh, the two people from Pokemon um, because... uh, they really wanted those Pokeballs. They wanted them so much. They, I would say, wanted it more than Olympic high jumper. You know, as, as high as the Olympic high jumpers can jump, uh, how high did Team Rocket blast off again? You know, um, so I'm just going to say that, that, that they could get higher. They, they tried harder. They, you know the olympic high jumpers you know they they're 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 only you only see them once every four years versus versus team rocket you know you see them you see them every every sunday on a cartoon network um look 
say what you will uh, about Olympic high jumpers, but in terms of going for the gold, uh, the U.S. Olympic high jump squad has surely won more medals, gold medals, that is, than the amount of Pikachus that Team Rocket has captured. They could never fucking get Pikachu. Pikachu would always evade their grasp ever so slightly. The bar raised that shit higher, and our boys and girls and folks on the Olympic high jump team will nail that shit. Uh, need I say more? Yeah, I do think you say, need say more because I just... I just don't understand how, how, how jumping over a pole could be more impressive than, you know, consistently every, every week trying to capture a new mythical creature. You know, there's the, there's the element of danger. There's the element of, you know, risk involved in that. Of course, you know, they have to put themselves out there. Um, they, you know, there's just two of them, just two of them. And, their uh, their sidekick, you know, working working so hard. Plus, they look good. You know, the Olympic the Olympic outfits are always so so hideous. And you know, Team Rocket they have that those those great. They're able to pull off a white jumpsuit and not look bad like the Olympic high jumpers do. All right, I've got I've got a question for each of you. Um, I'm going to start with Jack here. Uh, Jack, can you name an Olympic high jumper? Um, yeah, uh, mm, mm. look, I'm not <laughs> arguing in favor of any specific Olympic high jumper. I'm arguing in the event of a, in favor of a summer Olympic sport. And all I will say is my opponent couldn't even remember Meowth's name. Uh, and to reduce him to sidekick, I think is a bit more insulting than not being able to say off the top of your name, like a Derek Drewin from Canada or a Ruth Batia from Spain. Like, you know, just typical reigning Olympic champions from 2016. Okay. Uh, so that kind of leads right into my question for Ali, which is, I guess, other than mouth, uh, Meowth, excuse me. Um, could you name a member of Team Rocket? Uh, you know, Maddie, what's it a name? That's that which we would call <laughs> Team Rocket would, uh, by any uh, first name, still be Team Rocket. Wow. So um, I, I got to ask you about how you feel about, you know, uh, Jesse and James as individuals. Do you, do you think their work, uh, do you think their work collectively uh, only is, is what sets them apart from high jumpers? Or do you think as individuals they could as well? you know, uh, be better than a high jumper? You know, that is an interesting point to bring up because, you know, I, I think, you know, there is sort of a a similarity in me and my opponent's argument in that, you know, uh, individually high jumping just as stealing, poaching Pokemon, you know, there is that individuality aspect, but then you can also come together as a team. So, you know, of course, uh I think that Jesse and James uh, could, you know, still do their thing alone, but it's, it's their, it's their teamwork that really, really renders them special. And, and that has captured my heart and my argument. So tangent, but do you think Jesse and James are members of the DSA in the Pokemon world? Uh, yes or no, depending on what the DSA is. Democratic Socialists of America. Uh, 
I would actually say yes because uh, Ash has all the Pokemon and it seems like they're trying to redistribute wealth. Yeah. He's, he's hoarding wealth, it seems. Yeah. So uh, I guess the question then for Jack <laughs> is do you think the, the Olympic high jumpers <laughs> are members of the DSA? Um, I am afraid not uh, because when you're going for the gold, there's only one winner and I'm afraid that's look, that's just the reality. These Olympic Olympians have to take. And honestly, I'm sure that because the Olympic committee is so oppressive and we can't all win a medal, uh, as much as many of us would like to have a medal, that's just the sad. You're always truth. talking about wanting a medal. I know I want a medal more than anything. Uh, yeah, and Matthew refuses to give me his Olympic gold medal or even touch it. It's Matthew's... you're gonna ruin it if you touch it. I'm not letting you touch it. It stays in the case behind the lock. That's that. I got it for <sighs> Luge. Um, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it seems to me that you you two are in a very uh, you know similar place with these uh, these debates, but now we're, we're diving into the, the ideology of your, of, of your, of who you're representing here. It's true. The individual versus the collective. So yes. let's look macro for a second. Could uh, each of you argue in favor of, um, uh, uh, Ali in favor of the collective and Jack in favor of the individual, uh, whoever would like to start? <laughs> <laughs> well, I would just say that I think that together we can achieve more. And while it is important to, uh, establish yourself as an individual being, you know, set your, set your uh, boundaries, your intellectual, your physical boundaries. Uh, yet we can always accomplish more. You know, there's that saying two heads are better than one uh, and a billion heads are better than one as well. You know, we can, we can definitely do, do more together. So um, as, uh, as romantic as it is to be to be that lone wolf, to be that rugged individual. Uh, it's uh, simply not practical or good for advancement. Um, but I would also just like to say a billion heads are still a billion different heads. Otherwise they would just be a single head. And, you know, honestly would be way better because the individual trumps all, if we're being honest here. like. I don't think anything could be accomplished if we were all just one collective consciousness. And as great as that would be to, you know, share the love and distribute it all out to everyone, there will be inequalities regardless. And I think if we all figure out our, our shit by ourselves, then we can ultimately come together and be a bit stronger. But I think the individual should come first. That's not to say that, you know, there should only be a single person because, you know, how would we make babies? <laughs> I yield my time. All right. I, um, that was pretty, pretty interesting. We got very ideological for, I think for the first time on this show. So that's kind of exciting. Um, I think there's a there's a winner in my mind, um, and that that goes to um, you know Meowth and his two friends. I gotta give it to Ali. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. 
uh, we, we, the collective people, uh, thank you for this victory. Um, well, I think that just about does it. Yeah. This was like just about does it. a super stimulating episode in terms of quality of debate. Uh, yeah, this is the most yeah. real debate that has happened um, on the opposite end of that spectrum, uh, of course, being David Dobbins' episode where we did not debate at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just chaos ensued. But oh yeah, I'm sure. I actually yeah, yeah I was going to yeah. ask Jack. Do you have the score from today's? I epi? do have the score. The score is Alley three, Jack one, Matt zero. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Matt. Damn, Maddie. Uh, it's all right. It's like the it's like the first few episodes. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll get one. You'll get one. Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's all yeah. right. <laughs> That's all right. Um, then I think that just about does it for that, which means we can now roll along down to the the plug section, the closer. Allie, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Um, honestly, not really. Not really doing any shows or anything right now but um maybe in july uh check out my instagram uh depending on where things where things have gone perhaps i will be performing in a in a city near you uh aka new york city which is where we all live um my handle is at from underscore concentrate underscore and also my twitter is Oh God, I forget what my Twitter handle is. Um, oh, it's uh, at A-L-L-Y underscore Mason, M-A-S-O-N underscore. Um, follow me, I tweet um, frequently. Hopefully I'll be um, famous by July. Uh, and I also hope to be famous by July, uh, which is why you can find me and Jack together on Instagram at Matt and Jack Comedy. You can also find me individually at Maddie underscore cuts. That's M-A-T-T-Y underscore K-U-T-Z. That is for both Instagram and Twitter. And I hope to be famous. <laughs> and I already am famous. So you probably all are following me already at Jack Holmesley on Instagram. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been awesome. Allie, thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you uh, so much. This is this such is so a blast. Fun. Yep. This all right, great. everyone. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.